everyone, and welcome back to another IACast episode. This is episode 90. We made it to Woo! 90 episodes. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm here today with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Scott Van Gorp. Hello. This, I think, is going to be a very interesting episode. It's a topic that we don't really hear much about or talk about, but we figured it would be interesting to kind of look at what apps we use for this for personal finance money management using technology. So, money, 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 money. Give yes. me all your money. Uh, money is great. Money I want to insert like the old like pressure luck or whammy game show sounds right here. <laughs> right. And I mean, speaking right. of money, we now have a new PayPal button at the top of the iAccessibility.net page. So you literally can give us your money. Right. Basically, we have that so people can help us out, get started, you know, invest in the future of this wonderful community and company so that uh, we can bring you more content and services and all that good stuff. So we really hope that you use that. Of course, we still have our Patreon and our other services as well. But uh, let's get into the news. Apple is now the first U.S. company to reach $1 trillion. That's crazy. I see a very green theme about the episode today. Wow. They beat Microsoft. It was interesting that they would beat Microsoft on the stock exchange to hit that $1 trillion mark. I could see in the keynote coming up this fall that Tim Cook may or may not mention that. That typically not their style. I mean, they may do that, but I don't know. Now, an interesting thing that would need some researching, and you know, we may report back on this, if you compare Microsoft at their you know, top back you know, when Windows and Microsoft were the really big uh, you know, king, kings of the hill you know, in technology, has Apple, you know, with, with inflation and how things are today, as far as value of the dollar and those things, is Apple considerably higher in relation to where Microsoft was back when they were really successful with those products? That's really all the news that we have really seen for this week. I, I think it's very interesting, you know, looking at Apple and how they've done and where they are going. You know, do y'all think that Steve would have imagined them being at this point? I don't know. Something tells me no. Looking back, I don't know what Steve's vision would have been at this point. Would he have seen it as a trillion-dollar company? I'm not so sure he would have necessarily been in it for the financials, per se, but it would definitely be interesting to find out. We'll go ahead and take our break early since... You know, we typically do that after the news. So, Aaliyah, why don't you go ahead and tell folks about our wonderful training program here at iAccessibility? Sure. So, I am the training coordinator for iAccessibility, and if you can think of something related to technology that you would like training on, let us know at iAccessibility.net slash training. If it's not on our list, you can email training at iAccessibility.net and ask, and we may be able to find somebody to help you. Our training rates are $18 per hour with the first hour free upon purchase of subsequent training. We have nine trainers currently and we are happy to help you with whatever your needs are. So 
come check us out. iaccessibility.net slash training. Yeah, I mean, we have training guys in everything from programming to uh, using Windows, Mac OS, iOS, Linux, all kinds of topics. Our topic today is to discuss how people manage money with their phones. And this is going to be several different categories. Let's talk about, first talk, uh, talk about banking apps. Uh, I want to go around and see what apps everybody uses for their banking. So, Aaliyah. I am a very proud and vocal Chase user. I love their app. It is really pretty good. It has alerts that I can receive when a transaction goes through. I can see my balances. I can log in and pay bills. I can do everything I want to from my phone more accessibly and more easily than I can do it on the website. And I think that is is really cool. And it's nice for me to be able to keep an eye on where my money is, where it's gone, and um, why I'm ready to cry at the end of the month. But um, I, I really do enjoy using that app. Everything in the app is accessible. You can find ATMs through the app. You can contact Chase if you need assistance. You know, everything's, everything's usable. Scott, how about you? My main banking app is the Wells Fargo mobile app. That's where I have my accounts, my main banking accounts. I do have uh, credit accounts with other institutions, Chase, Barclays, and a couple of others. But my main go-to is going to be the Wells Fargo app. There have been some changes to it recently, but for the most part, everything is working well there. There are some new features that will be coming uh, that I'm really, really excited about. Um, I can do everything from bill pay to looking at spending, as Aaliyah has mentioned, for Chase to even uh, transferring money person to person through Zelle, and I think we can, we can touch on that a little bit later. But anything that I really need to do through that app, I can. I personally use the Chase app myself. It's what I prefer, and it does all the things I like. I don't really do a lot of sending and receiving of money through Chase. I just use it for you know, transfers between accounts and doing different uh, checking on things and uh, looking at my balance. That's really all I use it for. But, uh, you know, there are other apps for banking that I, I've used in the past, like Mint. Has anybody used anything like that for budgeting and help with those kind of things for, with banking? Yes, I use Mint. And I also have another app that I use as a ledger called Easy Spending Expense Tracker. It does work really well. If I can remember to keep putting things in it, because sometimes the balance reported in Chase is not exactly correct. So knowing how much money I actually have with pending transactions the way they're supposed to be instead of in this limbo really helps. And it also helps to make sure that I'm not missing things. 
So Mint really shows me where I am, you know, as far as spending according to my budget, whereas easy spending helps me keep track of all of the expenses that go out and the funds that come in. I've heard of both of those apps. Um, I haven't actually used them. Uh, I just find that with the Wells Fargo app, it has a nice little spending report that will show what's coming in and what's coming out. And then you also look at other sources, statements online and things like that. But I could definitely see where an app like Mint or Easy Spending would definitely be another great tool in the toolbox. Let's talk now about apps for sending money. Do any of you guys use apps for sending money between uh, each other or to people you know or different things like that? As far as person-to-person sending, I will use a combination of Zelle through the Wells Fargo app. Zelle does have their own app as well, uh, and that's basically a good peer-to-peer transfer platform. I have used Cash. I have used PayPal. And I have also used Apple Pay Cash for uh, transactions of that type. Those are the main ones that, that I would use. Most of what I use is Square Cash, although I have and do use PayPal. And Chase also partners with Zelle. And so it's really cool to be able to send money to people directly from the Chase app who don't have Chase. That's the really nice thing about using Zelle from your banking platform is that they don't necessarily have to be with your bank. It's a great interbank transfer process. It can take anywhere from instantly to a couple of days usually, but it's very convenient. One of the things that I like a lot, I you know, Square Cash kind of set up the, the set the stage in my opinion for a lot of this person-to-person transfers on you know the internet, and so it's typically what I stay with just because it's what I like, what I know. But I still use Apple Pay Cash; it's nice. Uh, Google, uh, I think, offers something similar, but I haven't really used it much and. Also, I've used Venmo, PayPal, Zelle through Chase, and you know a lot of the different ones just to see how they work. Uh, I like to try different platforms just to see, you know, which one's better, which one works the best. A lot of these now offer almost usernames, and PayPal now has their PayPal.me, uh, where you could go and sign up for. You know, or you could type in the URL and send money that way. And so it's an interesting, uh, you know, we, we actually have paypal.me slash iAccessibility. So that's kind of nice. And it's very cool how easy they've made it to send money. And Square Cash has even now added Bitcoin as, you know, for cryptocurrency transfers. Managing credit is very important. And... Are there any apps you guys use for managing your your credit? Credit Karma, hands down. It has some accessibility. Absolutely. Iffy points, but it's definitely usable. I would agree, Aaliyah. Credit Karma is my go-to. The banking apps that we've mentioned, I know Chase and Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and others 
also have access to some of your credit score information through them. They tend to use different scoring models than what Credit Karma does, but if I'm going to look at my overall credit picture, I will go to Credit Karma first every time. It is hands down, you know, Credit Karma is the de facto app that people can use to do that, and I use it as well. I use Apple Pay, but are there any other payment methods you guys use other than Apple Pay if you're using your device? No, because Apple Pay is just superior. What? Oh, I've tried Samsung Pay, and I'm considering that the screen used to enter your PIN is completely inaccessible. I stopped using Samsung Pay. And I'm very frustrated about that because I'd like to be able to use it with my S7, but nope. Apple Pay is my go-to, whether I'm going to use it with my phone or my watch. It's very easy to do and, and very seamless, and that's what I like about it. You know, I use, like I said, I use Apple Pay as my preferred. Now, interestingly, with Samsung Pay, it's supposed to have a feature to mimic the magnetic stripe on a card. So I'd love to see, I would love for somebody just to show me how that worked one day. That would be very neat. I'd love to see that. Google Pay is supposed to be pretty accessible. Uh, so that's another option as well if you're an Android user. I have heard reports that some users have gotten Samsung Pay to work. So it might be on the newer phones, newer updates. I'm not sure. But uh, all of those are great options for paying for, for different things. You bring up a good point with the mimicking of the MagStrip in that, yes, there are a lot of terminals out there that will still read the MagStrips. It'll be interesting to see how long that actually lasts in this country, though, because you don't see that in Europe. It's all chip and pin in Europe. And eventually, I think the U.S. is going to go there, too. But for now, it's great to have that option. I wonder if their cards even have a str uh, strip on them. My understanding is no. Interesting. I could be wrong about that, but that's, that's what I have heard is that no, the U.S. is still the only one actually using the uh, mag strips. Is there any apps that you guys use? I know I use business apps, but are there any apps you guys use to manage business funds or taxes or anything like that? I'm a student. I don't got to worry about that yet. <laughs> I must confess, I, I really don't. Um, I have a CPA and a financial advisor that handle all of that for me, uh, except I will kind of keep track of some investments that I have through the, the Edward Jones app. And that one has gotten better in terms of accessibility. When I first got it, it had some work to do, but it's really come a long way in the last six months or so. You know, an app I just got started messing with uh, for investment, and I've been hearing a lot about it, very positive things, is an app called Acorns. And it is an investment app for starting to build a nest egg. It's basically, you know, put a little bit away here and there. You know, you're, they do keep the change so it rounds up and puts it into your investment accounts and things like that. And very neat idea. And uh, 
So that's something I'm playing with, and there's a lot of there's a, starting to be several like that. A lot of your major banks, I know Wells Fargo has it through their Wells Fargo advisors, uh, and other banks have similar type of stuff that you can actually do from within the banking app as, as well. But if you do happen to be through a uh, an investment firm that is not affiliated with your bank, I'm sure that most of them have apps in some form. So have any of you guys used like uh, Intuit software, I believe it's Quicken or anything else to file or check on tax returns? I haven't actually done that to either file or check on returns. I have due to the way some of my stuff is structured. I, I have an accountant that handles all of that for me so that I don't have to worry about being in trouble with the IRS, shall we say? Because uh, tax code is constantly changing. And unless you know how to keep up with it, it that can get kind of tricky if you, if you start getting into more complicated returns. So I have an accountant that does all that for me. As far as checking on the return, I've tried on the IRS website, and that gets to be a little bit tricky. I didn't know there were ways that you could actually check on it through an app, so I'm definitely going to have to research that one. I've used an app this year called IRS2Go, like IRS2, number two, Go. And it's actually from the IRS. And it basically does the same thing as her website. I believe it's probably more accessible. It's mainly text. And it's an easy way for you to check on your, your returns from, your, from the app. And I, I've always done through my taxes through somebody else e-filing. But this is an easy way to see your, where your taxes are. I want to move on to a topic that is not as important to some, but is more important to those who use a lot of technology, and that is cryptocurrency. Can anybody on the show tell me what cryptocurrency is? It is a... I'm, I'm going to stab at this. It is a currency that you can't hold, and it exists solely electronically, which... And it, like, Bitcoin is, 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 is mined by taking advantage of the graphics power and other elements of your system to be able to find information. Cryptocurrency was kind of made popular by Bitcoin. And a way that people can think of it, if you're out there listening to the show, is you've heard of the science fiction term, the credit. A currency that is done completely electronically and can be transferred across long distances. Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum and others like it are cryptocurrencies. They are created by using computer power to verify transactions of that currency. So the more the power that's added to figuring out and, and decrypting, encrypting and decrypting the transactions made by the currency make the currency stronger, which then makes you money. That's how these things work. And they work through different methods. Bitcoin uses the graphics power of your computer. There is also a currency that uses the hard drive space on your drive. And there's others that use other, you know, your RAM and different things like that. So cryptocurrencies are mined by using your computer's processing power and space to essentially solve very complicated math problems. And for the amount that you help in solving, you get paid. 
And it used to be that you are paid quite quickly. But now that they've become more popular and more people are doing this, you get paid quite, uh, you know, really slowly. And the, the thing that makes Bitcoin so popular and so profitable is that there's a certain number of Bitcoin out there. I think it's like 23 million or billion. I don't remember the exact. I know it's 23 something. But basically, once all that is mined, it's no longer there. Now, they split it off into other currencies where they've changed the algorithm, but the original stayed the where it is. So when you mine this stuff, it has to be recognized and put into what's called a wallet. And a wallet is almost like a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency bank account. And when you use a wallet, you put that money in the bank account, that cryptocurrency bank account, and then they have what's called the exchange, where you could exchange it with others or for cash, real cash, real U.S. dollars or, you know, euros, pounds, whatever you want to exchange it for. And they have exchange rates for it. So it's very, you know, it's pretty complicated, but... You know, Square Cash has where you can trade in Bitcoin. And, you know, there's a lot of other wallets out there. And, uh, I mean, some pizza places let you order pizza with Bitcoin. Really a thing. And so it's becoming more popular. I don't know that it's going to catch on like it needs to. If it's going to become a lasting currency. But it is, it is essential. I would call it an experiment. Now, the unfortunate thing is that... A lot of places use Bitcoin and others for illegal and explicit activities because it was non-trackable, but that's slowly changing and it's becoming more mainstream. Uh, some of the exchanges and wallets were very shady. I mean, uh, some people were using like uh, Magic the Gathering servers for Bitcoin exchange. And that was one of the bigger ones that got taken down. It's going to become more popular as new technologies, more stable technologies take over. But, you know, it is important for people to know about it. And so the most popular wallet that I've seen people use is Coinbase. It lets you hold several different types of, of uh, cryptocurrency. And it has it lets you chain, uh, trade your your currency in. You know when you mine currency, you have what's called a Bitcoin address, and you just put your address in your wallet, and it anything that's mined on that address gets sent to your wallet. So if you haven't looked this up in more detail, I would advise people to do so because this is not going away. Different currencies will be around, so you know keep keep a lookout, keep you know learning about it because. You know, I've made probably $200 off mining Bitcoin over the last two years. So it's, in, and it's kind of fun to get into as a home project. So check it out and uh, make yourself knowledgeable about it because that is kind of the new interesting way technology is going. What are y'all thoughts on that, on this topic? I will be investigating more, although purely from a research standpoint, not necessarily from a user standpoint. At the moment, I would agree. I, I am definitely planning to research this, but more for informational purposes than anything. Would it be something that I would want to get into. I just don't know. I, I don't really have enough information to say one way or the other at this point. 
Yeah, and, and there's specific hardware you could get to mine. Android phones can actually mine Bitcoin, folks. Apple does not allow this in the App Store. So you can check your wallet. You can do those things. You can trade and do that. But you cannot make Bitcoin. Uh, you cannot actually profit from Bitcoin in App Store apps. Does anybody have any final comments before we wrap up today? I think it's critical to manage your money well. And I think we've given a list of really good apps to be able to take control of your finances and to know where your money's going and, and be able to, you know, send it around if you need to to others or what have you. I think we've we've talked about a lot of really handy financial apps, pretty much all of which are on my phone. Aliyah's right. We have come up with a good list of apps to help with financial management. I think the thing that, that's important to remember is find what works for you and use it. Don't just have it there and say, oh, I'll manage this later. Financial literacy and financial management are important skills to have because otherwise people will find themselves in trouble and won't necessarily know how they got there. So the more information that you can have, the better. Yes, exactly. And it's important to use, come up with a workflow, come up with a way that you manage your money that works for you. And, uh, you know, it's important to look at what apps we've talked about and investigate further. With that being said, Aliyah, what is your pick of the week and where can people find you online? Well, my pick of the week is a kind of a blast from the past, as it were. And um, it is a keyboard that I have just procured. And that is a Yamaha Motif ES6. Yes, it's old, but it is a very nice keyboard I am going to be learning to play and I decided on this one I got a good price for it and it it's definitely awesome you can do everything with the buttons you do not need to use the touchscreen and you can um, you can manage everything yourself which I think is really awesome so uh, with that being said people can find me producing content for iAccessibility you can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. Scott, what is your pick of the week, and where can people find you online? My pick of the week is something that I have been demoing for about a week and a half for my personal use, uh, and is the Widex Evoke hearing aids. These are the first made-for-iPhone hearing aids that I have owned. I've used hearing aids for many, many years and have been looking for a solution that I could seamlessly pair with my iPhone. I've used other uh, devices to interface between hearing aids and my phone in the past, but this is the first pair that I've actually tried that has a direct connection via Bluetooth to the iPhone, and I'm really, really liking it. Um, these aids have several sound profiles that I can choose from, 
and I can also do some other programming within the Evoke app that is available in the Apple App Store. Um, it'll be an expensive purchase, but I think this week I will be making that purchase and doing some final programming with my audiologist and really unlocking the power of what these hearing aids are capable of. Um, I've only scratched the surface on what I'm able to able to do and what adjustments I'm able to make. I'm really looking forward to seeing how these evolve over time. They do use machine learning in different environments to come up with sound profiles that people can really be comfortable with and that people can use on, on a regular basis. Um, they do cloud updates for the firmware, GPS location for different places where people would want different sound profiles to be. So uh, they've only been out for a couple of months, but I've been very, very impressed with them. As far as where you can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can send me an email at scott at iaccessibility.net. You can also follow me on Twitter at Scott Van Gorp. And you can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Scott Heidi Van Gorp. My pick of the week is something that I couldn't live without. It was gone for two days and I didn't know what to do. It is my returned, fixed, and shiny MacBook Pro. I love my Windows machine, just like I love my Android. But I'll tell you what, nothing beats the smooth animation and design of the Mac. It's just amazing. And, you know, Microsoft has come such a long way, and I very much love their machines. You know, I can do a lot more a lot quicker on those machines, but... There's just something about sitting down at a Mac and doing media production or uh, development or other tasks like that that just are amazing. And so I'm very glad to have it back. The screen had some off-color pixels and just didn't look right. So there's some damage or whatever inside the screen, and Apple fixed it up for me, and I have it back, and I love it. So that is my pick of the week, the, the 2015 MacBook Pros. I'm not too sure about these new ones, Crappy except for keyboard. Yeah, I don't like the keyboard. However, the one thing that they do have that I love is the removable the removal of the LCD screen with a replaced LED screen. Of course, it also ha comes with a trade off of no light up Apple logo, which makes me very sad and depressed inside. But uh, they. They are nice machines. So, you know, 2015 MacBook Pro is the last of an era of the 2015 models. So you can, I don't believe they sell them anymore. You'd have to get one on eBay, but uh, that's sad. My computer's not sold anymore. But anyway, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. If you want to find me online, you can just search for Mike Doeys on Twitter. I am Michael Doeys on Facebook. You can email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. And you can follow me all over the web. Just search for me on Tumblr. I'm on 
you know, Instagram, all over the place. So you could also go to my website at michaeldoeys.com. All right. If you want to find iAccessibility, you can. We are at iAccessibility.net. We're iAccessibility1 on Twitter. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search for iAccessibility. We also have a page on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash iacast, and any donations help, any you know donations there help become a patron, get our you know uh, outtakes and all that content, and our premium content as well. You can also help us grow by going to paypal.me slash iaccessibility and sending in a one-time donation. And you could also go to iaccessibility.net slash office and join up and get an iaccessibility email as we talked about at the beginning of the show. We have our iaccessibility app in the iOS app store. So search for that and we're on YouTube. We're on, you know, Tumblr. We're all over the place. Just look for iaccessibility and, uh, you know, like we've talked about before, we're now a nice LLC, so very exciting stuff. So um, we are very excited of things to come. You know, we hope people take advantage of our training programs, all of that stuff. And we are very excited about everything. And, hey, we're headed towards episode 100, so that'll be very exciting. We have some neat surprises in store for everybody at that point, so... Uh, keep listening, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. So we will see everyone next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, LLC.